0: It's the state of Victorian Greyhound
1: racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off the Leash.
0: Around the corner, it's Crimson Vixen, the leader. On the outside, Dinah Patty's a big danger. And looming up there was Lucy's Milo. Dinah Patty down the centre. It's Dinah Patty. Dinah Patty wins the cup. Second, Orson Allen. Third, I think, Crimson Vixen from Lucy's Milo. Yes, Dinah Patty takes the Warnable Greyhound Cup. You're with Andrew Kewes. Welcome to the latest edition of Off the Leash for Greyhound Racing Victoria on RSN 927, our social media as well. And joining us, uh, Andrew Copley and George Faruja. Good morning, guys. How are you both? Going very well, thanks, Cusy. Good to so be on the is, show. Uh, So is Dinah Patty. We'll talk about uh, Dinah Patty at Sandown. But let's start with the first part of the story because what an amazing uh, week it was, or days, because, of course, the Warrnambool Cup taken out there by Dinah Patty uh, last week. Spot on, Cusey.
2: Yeah, Crimson Vixen led the race. She actually got a lead by three lengths, and there was a huge roar from the crowd because she was aiming to become the first local to win the Warnable Cup in 20 years, trained by the very popular Norm McCullough as well. But uh, she eventually got run down by... A Look, the two best sprinters in Australia, let's be honest. Uh, all, uh, of course, Dinah Paddy winning the race and then Orson Allen running second, so certainly no shame in running third to those two. And Dinah Paddy, George, paying $7.60. Big odds for a dual group one winner, and including the Australian Cup.
1: Yeah, look, I think those odds uh, came about because of the box draw, pretty much. Uh, Andrew, she was uh, drawn in the guts, I suppose, with speed all around her. Of course, Orson Allen uh, drawn out wide with Dinah Hunter and then you had Crimson Vixen drawn on the inside. So there, she was going to have to find a way to negotiate Away uh, through the pack, and she jumped cleanly, and then was uh, left alone for the first couple of steps, and then just exploded. And it was uh, a terrific victory. Take nothing away from Crimson Vixen, though; she's only had the fifteen starts, and I think a group wins just around the corner for her with that sort of speed. Andrew, she's going to be winning some races because she she recorded an early split of six forty two, which is really elite. And you know, I, I think that was her first time in that sort of company after winning. You know, age-restricted races, the Ballarat Oaks and and, uh, the like. But uh, she's going places, Crimson Vixen, to get beaten, as you said, by two of the best sprinters in the land.
2: Oh, no doubt about it. And she was the youngest greyhound in the Warrnambool Cup final as well. And you would think that in about 12 months' time, when the Warrnambool Cup rolls around again the hopes would be pretty high for her chances.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, as we said, uh, the, the other one, Orson Allen, I thought was a really good run. Take nothing away from him. I don't think uh, any of his fans would have been disappointed. He just didn't get out as good as uh, we know he can. His early split was about five lengths behind Crimson Vixen and he powered home to get second place. He's a, a terrific greyhound, but uh, he just couldn't get the job done. Dinah Patty was just too good out in front.
2: Yeah, always box ain't going to be a challenge for Orson Allen. Prefers the inside. But uh, Dinah Patty. Her record now stands at fifty-one starts for twenty-one wins and more than six hundred thousand dollars in prize money. So not many grands have achieved that sort of coin.
0: Just before we talk about Dinah Patty at Sand and just uh, Orson Allen, the bonus is it still a realistic chance later in the year? More country cups will come around, of course. I guess this preparation, the dog was in great form, so it was a really big chance. But if we had to crystal ball down the track, do you still think it's a realistic uh, expectation it will happen still?
1: Absolutely. I think the only thing, Andrew, that would uh, curtail that would be the fact that he may go to stud. Um, Yeah,
0: there's a whisper that he's going to
2: race until at least November with the Melbourne Cup, Um, but you've got the Benigo Cup coming up in July, Uh, you've got the Geelong Cup in October, and if he does go beyond the Melbourne Cup and he still hasn't won that $50,000 bonus for winning... Three Victorian Country Cups in a calendar year. There's always the Ballarat Cup in December. So he gets a few chances.
0: Yeah, disappointing you missed out. But the same token as you mentioned, uh, Troy at Bendigo and other Greyhound clubs, they'll probably think uh, great promotion because they can start to build on that, uh, knowing that the bonus might be alive if the Greyhound's at their track. Well, what a terrific... Uh, I mentioned a week it Overlapped. Uh, the effort of Dinah Patty not only to win the Warrnambool Cup, but then to... To use the term back up and 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 run such quick times at Sandown Park, so let's talk about the Speed Star, where Dinah Paddy put on a show and the quick turnaround and back up for a greyhound.
2: Yeah, just four days between the Warnable Cup and of course the Speed Star at Sandown Park last Sunday. So just on the Speed Star, it's 40 of Australia's fastest greyhounds racing head to head over 20 match races. It's just an exciting thing, particularly for punters who can take the head to head betting and Diner Paddy. Run over the 5.15 metres. She ran the quickest time of the day, 29.99. I think you rounded it up. It's, it's um, oh, sorry, 28.99. I said 29 dead. She basically ran uh, just a shade under the 29 seconds. Only three greyhounds have done that before. Unlawful entry holds the track record at 28.95. So she was within a length of that run. Uh, Beckham Bale and Fernando Bale are the others George, so that's elite company right
1: there. Well, it is, and uh, she joins her dad uh, amongst that list, of course. So she's by Fernando Bale, so uh, it just shows the, the progeny of Fernando Bale kicking goals. I really liked her splits, Andy, 499, 1850 down the back. I mean, we're, we're talking again. Fernando Bale, Black Magic Opal type sort of splits uh, to to uh, set up her victory, and uh, yeah, look, I mean that that four days for a Greyhound as rock hard fit as her, I mean that short backup was never going to be an issue, and uh, she began beautifully, and, and that was that.
2: Yeah, she's just so strong. I mean, give her a clear run. I don't think there's a Greyhound who who she wouldn't run down just about. But just the other features on Speed Star Night, Flynn took out the Bill Collins Speed Star uh, in twenty nine oh eight seconds, so just a length and a half off Dinah Patty, Neo Cleo the. Race callers over the 5.95 and Dinah Chancer won over the 7.15 metres. That was the Liz Rain. so uh, they were the fastest greyhounds over those respective distances. Yeah, and
1: Flynn is a little bit like Crimson Vixen in the sense that he's only starting his career yeah. and uh, he's already uh, you know taken out a Group 3 race, 29.08. He's such an exciting greyhound. He ran second in the heat of the Warrnambool Cup and started as reserve. I mean, his next 6 to 12 months could be massive.
2: Very exciting. Just great to see. We saw the retirement of Poke the Bear and Jeselinko last month and now these youngsters come through. Uh, it just keeps us all it's on our toes. It's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Andrew Copley, um, it's one of the rare feature events that GRV have on a Sunday. Can I ask you the thought behind that? Is this something we're going to see more of? Does it just fit into the schedule nicely? Because it is unique, a Sunday marquee event.
2: It is, Kewsie. And the reasoning behind that is... Uh, basically, the Speedstar has full comprehensive coverage on Sky Racing 2. So there's a lot of interviews with trainers and handlers prior to the races, giving punters a real insight into who they can back. And that head-to-head betting is just so popular. So while you're chilling at the pub and having a couple of beers, you can bet on the Speedstar. It's just proving really popular. And um, the other thing is... Um, What we've found is the flow-on effect. So these dogs that are now in the limelight because people are starting to learn them with the head-to-head betting, they've only got to focus on those two dogs. In the following weeks, with the big races coming up at Sandown Park, with obviously the Sandown Cup and the Harrison Dawson and the Sapphire Crown, all Group 1 events, uh, the turnover really has a big spot because those dogs are now becoming household names.
0: All right, we'll talk uh, more about uh, Sandown, those big features to come over the coming weeks, of course, including the RSN Sandown Cup. But let's also talk about uh, interstate highlights. Circle of Dreams won the Bogey Lee Futurity at uh, Albion Park last Thursday night. i tell you what,
2: this is one impressive CV that Circle of Dreams is building, George. She's had 14 starts for 10 wins, and now this is her third group victory. I I can't believe it. She's only 24 months of age. Have you ever known a greyhound to win three group
1: races... At such a young age. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's astronomical. And and to add to that is that she came back from a pretty serious injury, I think, uh, missed the Australian Cup Carnival after racing. I think she finished last in the Tem Lee, yep. and we haven't seen her really since. Um, and it was a fantastic effort for Angela to get her ready for this Group 2 race. It's just an incredible win. She had to do it the hard way too with Dan mm. Slippery out in front, who's also a group winner. Uh, she used every one of the 520 metres to get there, but uh, look... Um, She's an absolute gun, comes from a very, very good litter, and uh, she's certainly putting the runs on the board.
2: Absolutely. Now, George, you had uh, the best female, or arguably the best female sprinter in Australia not so long ago in Strike Light. Um, she was sort of a superstar, basically, from day one. How does she compare with Circle of Dreams at the same age and the same time in
1: their careers? Well, you, you'd have to say that they're sort of, you know, just about on par, I suppose. We were lucky enough to win them. Um, and Easter egg at a fairly young age and um, Circle of Dreams has, has won some age-restricted races, but there's no doubt that she's got a couple of group races, group one races in open company in her Circle of Dreams. They race similar in a sense that they set up races by jumping to the front and sort of giving not much else a chance. And I think we can judge Circle of Dreams when she finishes her race career. But at this stage, she's on par with um, any female going around, uh, including uphill Jill and some of the real greats of the sport. So, you know, to win three group races in 14 starts, you never dream of that as an owner. Um, And I think Angela would be pinching herself for sure. And I can't wait to see her. Obviously going to be one of the leading contenders for the Sapphire Crown coming up.
2: No doubt. And just one more point on Circle of Dreams. We spoke about three group races that she's won in 14 starts. They've all been in three different states. So that's just showing some awesome level of maturity. But um, just before we move on from the interstaters, George, we've got the Queensland Derby on tonight. Uh, a couple of Victorians in there, Aston Duke for Paula Ballor And also Sinachi for Steve White, who's uh, one of the favourites at $2.50 uh, Obviously a good chance
1: Yeah, look, Sonarchi, jeez, I thought on the on the uh, photo finish last week That he, he had won that heat, he ran second in the in the Queensland Derby heat Look, he's drawn awkwardly in box six But he's a greyhound that's been knocking on the door for a while, hasn't he? I mean, he went through the Australian Cup series He went through the launching pad series Didn't manage to make the final I think a group race is just around the corner for Sinachi. We also have um, a Bob group process.
2: Yeah, the Bob Payne Sprint up in Wentworth Park on, on Saturday night. Sorry, George. Yeah, Slingshot Hammer for Victoria at $3.50 and uh, Aston Duke at $12. So
1: Yeah, look, uh, um, Slingshot Hammer um, has been a terrific greyhound for a fair while, hasn't he? Uh, started favourite, I think, in the Mount Gambier cap of Box 1. He ran a very, very good time at Wentworth Park last start. Even though he's drawn Box 4, he'll be one of the leading contenders.
0: It's RSN 927s
1: off the leash.
0: You're with Andrew Hughes, Andrew Copley, George Farouge, the latest edition of Off the Leash for Greyhound Racing Victoria on RSN 927. GRV social media post our broadcast. And, gentlemen, joining us on the show is a uh, trainer that's got a pretty handy greyhound at the moment named 8 Paul. It's been in terrific form at Sandown Park. And joining us on Off the Leash this morning is uh, Phil Smith.
2: Morning, Phil. You're speaking to Andrew Copley. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Now, tell me, 8-Ball, bred by a friend of yours, Matthew Nash, down in Little River, who also owns the Greyhound. Now, Matthew trained him early doors to his first seven starts, just the one win there, but he handed over the reins to your good self. And, um, look, I, just before he did, I mean, he's sparked up for you, but you had your eye on this Greyhound a long time before you actually got hold of him, didn't you?
3: Yeah, uh, most definitely, Andrew, and good morning to you. Yep. Yeah, um, when he was born, uh probably when he was roughly about two weeks of age, I was around Nashi's place and he was the only black dog in the litter and I had my eye on him straight away from then on. And I was around his place when he was probably about six months, but then he, he and he just the black dog he just had a um just a stamp of authority of him. He just looked like a magnificent looking dog and I've gone to Nashi, do you want to sell him, do you want to sell him? And he was laughing, Nah, nah, I'm keeping this one, I'm keeping this one. He actually kept the whole litter. So then, when he's about 12 months, i was around his place again. I checked him out as well, and it's just I just I, had to, I just said, I, I need this. I want to train this dog. You know, if you're going to handball the dog over to someone else, make sure you give me a call. And that's exactly what he did. He uh, rang me out of the blue, um, sometime in February it was. He rang me up and said, "Listen, do you want to have a crack at eight um, ball?" And uh, at the time, I wasn't even training greyhounds. I'd been out of the dogs for probably about six or seven months at the time, um, I was playing lawn bowls. Uh, <laughs> he some training dogs. So too to his word, like he rang me and he, he did say, look, there's a few people want to train the the dog. Um and then I reckon after a fortnight after he rang me, he goes, What are you doing? You're taking this dog and I really hadn't given it well, I had given it a bit of thought but I was enjoying the good life too, the truth, just um, just having a bit of break from Grayons and then he put the screws on me and I said, Yeah, I'll take him and uh yeah the rest is history to bed.
1: good morning Phil George Faruja here mate since he's joined your kennels uh, he's had four starts he started with a second at Warrigal and then two awesome wins at Sandown including that 29-24 which i think made the greyhound will sit up and take notice and then um to give uh, group class greyhound lagoon red a start and a beating in the speed star you must be absolutely wrapped with his current form
3: oh uh, look what he's achieved in the last 4 weeks has been simply amazing really we didn't Either Nashi or myself envisaged that he was going to reach these heights at such a short period of time. But um, to give credit to Nashi, uh, when I got the dog off him, he was in magnificent condition. I mean, he he, he, was, um, he, uh, he looked the part. Uh, personally, I just I was talking to Nashi. He looked the dog. I think he's a little bit immature. You know, just let him grow into his body and give him a bit of time." So I, he, well, he started racing when he was 19 months, and he's probably just too young for it. It was all bit too much for him but so we just had him here well, had him here for about a month before I even started free galloping him and just let him get over his little injuries he had. there's nothing serious wrong with him but you know it's just a, it's a classic example of a dog just maturing into their body I suppose so at the moment it's all systems go with him
2: absolutely he's now 24 months old Phil a pretty big dog at 37 kilos uh do you see a lot of upside with him
3: oh yeah most definitely he's uh, he's untapped at this stage uh he he, do, he does, when he, at uh, Sandown, especially, he when he, he's jumping a lot better now, but he sort of does go a little bit wide on that corner. But I'll put that down to the probably the new lure that we've got now, the hoop arm, we know it's off lot further off the rail. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he does go up and grade against the best dogs, these group dogs, I mean, he can't be doing that and letting them get underneath him. So but with experience, he might start working out what he's got to do to put himself in a better position, but look—he's got explosive pace. When he opens up and gets clear running, he's got a beautiful running action, as you can see. And even like the other night, he—you uh, know—he gave a good dog well, in the match race of Reedy's. Uh, you know, a
1: couple went start and running down was a really second one. Well, just on that, Phil, I mean, um, you know, you, you talk about as they go up in grade, you know, they, obviously uh, the opposition gets uh, nice and hard, but uh, Lagoon rat, certainly no slouch, and he has proven himself over 600 metres, especially at the Meadows. He's had some runs where he's led all the way, so certainly not a weak dog, Lagoon Rhett. And the way you went past him to win in twenty nine thirty seven, did it surprise you a little bit? I mean, your greyhound strength uh, certainly showed out in that uh, last 50 to 100 metres.
3: Yeah, I went into that race split not fairly confident, especially after he's run the week before when he qualified for the speedster So well I was pretty upset about his chances. Um the way I looked at it, the Goon Rats obviously's he been there, done that, been a very um good dog for Rudy. Uh but look he he and he was the probably the oldest he was the oldest dog in the series, a little we the younger, so we're we're on the way up and not turn that dog on the way down, but he's probably been there, done that and he's Probably already past his peak. So, just the way the dog is uh, racing at the moment, I really, really gave him a good chance, even though it was obviously inexperienced. But just being a, a match race, less chance of interference. And obviously, it's just on pace and ability. So, obviously, um, uh, yeah, when that into that heat or that match race, fairly confident the food. So, um didn't shock me. But in the course of the race, when he got three lengths behind. Uh, lagoon, right around the back. I sort of had my heart in my mouth, thinking, "Hang on, you know he's got his work cut out." But but once he uh, you know, got his balance and got he went through his gears, he really opened up like a real good dog.
2: Obviously. Now, Phil, we're all very excited about eight ball, and we've got the Group One Harrison Dawson heats coming up next week at Sandam Park over the five fifteen meters. Now, this is a race for male greyhounds. The thirty-two best nominated go into. Uh, into these heats for a chance to win the $100,000 final. Are we likely to see eight ball in action there, or do you have something else in mind for him?
3: Well, obviously the prize money is very tempting, but we've got a little bit of a slight... Um, um, dilemma? Dilemma, yeah. You could say we've sort of just tweaked his hop the other night, I think. So, we look, he's, he's to win these Group 1 races, you cannot have any hiccups, so... We're more than likely not going to have him ready for that, but it's nothing serious. So I'm looking at the Ron Nester the following week. He should be chilly right for that. So look, to tell you the truth, I'm not going towards the uh, to the, the Group 1 race. Right? As much as I'd love to win one, I mean, I've had a lot of success, success in Grahans. Never trained a Group 1 winner yet, but hopefully good old eight ball might take us down that road. But uh, now we're definitely going to go for the Ron Nester, which is the following week.
1: Now, Phil, uh, you're based in Melbourne, of course, and you've got your uh, own sign writing business, which is uh, you know, full-time operation for you. What does a typical day look like for you in terms of the time you wake up? Obviously, you live in suburbia and, and uh, where you exercise your greyhounds and stuff like that. Yep, yep.
3: Yeah, we well, normally get up at 5.30, court to 6.00. So, get let the dogs out. I've got empty out yards at my place, let the dogs out, um, clean the kennels, put the lead on them, take them for a quick walk, throw them in the car, then we uh, journey off to the meadows. I'm there. I would be there most morning, I'd say five out of seven. And we uh, work the dogs up the straight there, and um, now that they're in sort of my system, that both these dogs, I've got another one of Nashie's dog, an unraced bitch. Um, there's thriving, just running up and down that straight that um, with the meadows, it's a great facility there. So, uh, get back home about eight o'clock, um seven o'clock feed the dogs and then have breakfast and I' probably start work myself because i'm working the, i' work from home um probably start work around about eight thirty and then uh systems go and then obviously I'm at home during the early in the morning or during the morning i uh, let them out for an empty air around about eleven o'clock and then put them back in their kennels about after been outside for half an hour and then uh at the fall asleep of course and they're nice and relaxed and then go to the kennels around about 3.30 and work on them and do what you've got to do with them and feed them and go home and have dinner go inside the house and have dinner so it's never ending as having greyhounds it's pretty monotonous but it's worth it at the end when you've got fast animals such as uh, 8 ball
2: and off to the races of course on the nights you are racing yeah, Phil but right. um, obviously you've, had, you've done this for a long time and been pretty successful at it too. had some really good greyhounds over the past couple of decades. What advice would you offer someone living in the suburbs who wants to have a crack at training greyhounds from just an ordinary house block?
3: Yeah, well, it can be quite difficult training from home, as we all know. I mean, all the professionals have got their own facilities, they've got their own uh, working runs and competition yards and that. But uh, we are so fortunate, us northern suburbs trainers, um, to have, like I just mentioned before, the meadows. If the meadows wasn't there, um, it's very difficult to try and grow hands. But regarding for kids just starting off, I mean, you've got to be passionate. Um, really, to have success in anything, I think, in life, if you're not passionate about what you do, you virtually you you cannot have success. You've just got to really want to do it. Regarding the dog itself, it's a lot easier training greyhounds if you're um, proactive rather than reactive to all their little sore spots. So you've got to be on top of everything like, early. But um, if I was, I would not be training greyhounds if we didn't have the Meadows facility there. I, look, I think it's the best facility in Victoria for uh, us hobby trainers. I mean, there's a lot of hobby trainers around the northern suburbs, uh, like Peter Akathiokas. He's got Blue Striker, he, he obviously trained his dogs up there. Um, you know, well, the Galea family, they, they, I'm always seeing them at the meadows So if we, us hobby traders didn't have that facility We wouldn't be trying a greyhound So we are very fortunate this side of town to have the meadows I can tell you about them
0: All the best uh, going forward with 8Ball uh, and the other greyhounds uh, That you'll be involved in Phil Smith, thank you for joining us today on Off The Leash My pleasure It's RSN 927's Off The Leash just before before we talk about the watchdog and uh, Gap dog of the week Andrew Copley just great to show there another reinforcement to those that observe Greyhound racing where welfare and the fitness of the Greyhound is priority as Phil mentioned there there might be the uh, the incentive of a group one huge prize money but uh, as we've just heard most likely the Greyhounds welfare comes first in terms of not running
2: oh absolutely and look Phil will make a weekly trip also down to des Vegas Des Fagan, one of the leading vets in Victoria down to Cranbourne, so a bit of a hike from him but he takes a, a day off work to get down there and, you know, it's pretty. It's a pretty big commitment to head down to the meadows every morning uh, so it's five out of seven mornings he said to to exercise his dogs but it's just what's got to be done, doesn't it George?
1: Yeah, It is and uh, I can guarantee if you go down to Phil's place uh, and you have a look at the condition of those greyhounds, for anyone that thinks that um, it's all about the racing they would be in top notch condition and the greyhounds will be happy and healthy and that's why they get results I oh. mean, you know, this, this greyhound's always had a little bit of ability but um, Phil's been able to extract the best out of him and Sky's the limit with him on his times. He just seems to be racing better and better as he goes along.
0: Does he own a pool table? I hope if 8ball uh, does win a group one <laughs> that maybe he will add by, one to the ho- by Buy oh, a <laughs> few
1: of them. Yep.
0: <clears throat> That's right. All right, well, if you follow the Watchdog uh, mobile form, form guide app, you might be able to buy a pool table or two yourself down the track. And how's it been faring in recent times? Well,
2: it was a pretty good uh, night at the Speed Star on Sunday, Cusy, because uh, the Watchdog picked... Uh, Neo Claire to win the race callers. That was against some very good greyhounds, including the likes of Ella Enchanted and Blue Striker. So she got up at odds of $4.10 for running the quickest time over the middle distance. And Dinah Chancer winning the Liz Roon. The Watchdog picked him at $2.10, despite there being a lot of buzz around his opponent in his match race being boomed down. But um, I think the Watchdog. Would have probably selected Dinah Patty and Flynn as well, George. They got starts as reserve in 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 their respective uh,
1: their respective events. So um, Dinah Patty was crunched, wasn't she? Yeah, look, she, um, yeah, obviously once she got a run, uh, and just for people to to explain, obviously she didn't get a run because it's based on times in the last three months or or so at Sandown Park. So she wouldn't have done a lot of racing at Sandown, obviously with the Australian Cup Carnival and stuff. So it's not necessarily the fastest greyhounds in Australia it's the fastest greyhounds at Sandown in those last three months where you get a lot of opportunity to run time there including trials and she managed to sneak in
0: All right, if people want to get access to the uh, Watchdog, how do they do so?
2: Simply uh, for your free form guides and expert selections on all Victorian Greyhound race meetings.
0: Download the new Watchdog Mobile Form Guide app today via Google Play or the App Store. Time for our Gap Dog of the Week. Are there any dogs left at Gap to talk about? (laughs) There
2: was a very
0: successful
2: (laughs) National Adoption Day on April 28th, Kizzy. More than 200 Greyhounds were adopted across the country on. On that day Including 71 Right here in Victoria Which was a Record for a Single day But um, there is a Greyhound that's uh, Looking for a Home at the Moment His name's Dublin Bull Who we'd all Know George Five years of Age Very friendly Dog uh, But he had a Magnificent career
1: He was a Group winner I was there At Wentworth Park The day he won I think he Defeated Burn One Down Uh, That day He was a Good front Running stayer, come from A fantastic Litter And I think He he won About 20 Races Won over 150,000 In prize Money Um, He'd be a Big nice Dog I'd suggest. and that win in the Group 2 summer plate final was actually his last ever start. So
2: he went
0: out with uh, a real
2: bang. A real bang, yeah.
0: <laughs> and well done to the team at Gap on the National Adoption Day, as you say. That was an amazing success. And we can be biased because Victoria began Gap and they lead the way each year with the huge numbers here added to that overall adoption total. So 71 was a record for the uh, single day. Yeah, it was. So it was previously 70 on a couple of occasions, so they just pipped it. But Well, they actually have two or three greyhounds in a room and they bring them out when they get close to the record. So next <laughs> year, they'll adopt 72. Yeah, you never know. Like but the top. pole vaulter, I think, Sergi, he just raised the bar by a centimetre or so. It looked good in his contract. Great to see you guys again. Plenty of exciting news in greyhound racing. Andrew Copley and George Ferugia, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Thank you, Andrew. Andrew. And we'll talk more greyhound, greyhound racing across the week ahead and more information on on the GRV website. This has been Off the Leash for GRV on RSN 927. Thanks for listening.
2: Want to hear Off the Leash
0: again? It'll be up on iTunes, on Facebook, and on the podcast page at rsn.net.au.